Book five, chapters six to nine of ten books on architecture. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Fredrik Karlsson. Ten books on architecture by Vitruvius. Translated by Morris Hickey Morgan. Chapter six, plan of the theatre. One, the plan of the theatre itself is to be constructed as follows: having fixed upon the principal centre draw a line or circumference equivalent to what is to be the perimeter at the bottom and in it inscribe four equilateral triangles at equal distances apart and touching the boundary line of the circle as the astrologers do in the figure of the twelve signs of the zodiac when they are making computations from the musical harmony of the stars taking that one of these triangles whose side is nearest to the scena let the front of the scena be determined by the line where the side cuts off a segment of the circle and draw through the centre a parallel line set off from that position to separate the platform of the stage from the space of the orchestra two the platform has to be made deeper than that of the greeks because all our artists perform on the stage while the orchestra contains the places reserved for the seats of senators the height of this platform must not be more than five feet in order that those who sit in the orchestra may be able to see the performances of all the actors the sections cunei for spectators in the theatre should be so divided that the angles of the triangles which run about the circumference of the circle may give the direction for the flights of steps between the sections as far as up to the first curved cross aisle above this the upper sections are to be laid out midway between the lower sections with alternating passageways three the angles at the bottom which give the directions for the flights of steps will be seven in number the other five angles will determine the arrangement of the scene thus the angle in the middle ought to have the royal door opposite to it the angles to the right and left will designate the position of the doors for guest chambers and the two outermost angles will point to the passages in the wings the steps for the spectators places where the seats are arranged should be not less than a foot and a palm in height nor more than a foot and six fingers their depth should be fixed at not more than two and a half feet nor less than two feet four the roof of the colonnade to be built at the top of the rows of the seats should lie level with the top of the scena for the reasons that the voice will then rise with equal power until it reaches the highest rows of seats and the roof if the roof is not so high in proportion as it is lower it will check the voice at the point which the sound first reaches five take one-sixth of the diameter of the orchestra between the lower steps and let the lower seats at the ends on both sides be cut away to a height of that dimension so as to leave entrances at the point where this cutting away occurs fix the soffits of the passages thus their vaulting will be sufficiently high six the length of the scena ought to be double the diameter of the orchestra the height of the podium starting from the level of the stage is including the corona and cymatium one-twelfth of the diameter of the orchestra above the podium the columns including their capitals and bases should have a height of one-quarter of the same diameter and the architraves and ornaments of the columns should be one-fifth of their height the parapet above including its cyma and corona is one-half the height of the parapet below let the columns above this parapet be one-fourth less in height than the columns below and the architraves and ornaments of these columns one-fifth of their height if the scena is to have three stories 
let the uppermost parapet be half the height of the intermediate one the columns at the top one fourth less high than the intermediate and the architraves and coronae of these columns one-fifth of their height as before seven it is not possible however that in all theatres these rules of symmetry should answer all conditions and purposes but the architect ought to consider to what extent he must follow the principles of symmetry and to what extent it may be modified to suit the nature of the site or the size of the work there are of course some things which for utility's sake must be made of the same size in a small theatre and a large one such as the steps curved cross aisles their parapets the passages stairways stages tribunals and any other things which occur that make it necessary to give up symmetry so as not to interfere with utility again if in the course of the work any of the material falls short such as marble timber or anything else that is provided it will not be amiss to make it a slight reduction or addition provided that it is done without going too far but with intelligence this will be possible if the architect is a man of practical experience and besides not destitute of cleverness and skill eight the scene itself displays the following scheme in the centre are double doors decorated like those of a royal palace at the right and left are the doors of the guest chambers beyond are spaces provided for decoration places that the greeks called periactoi because in these places are triangular pieces of machinery which revolve each having three decorated faces when the play is to be changed or when gods enter to the accompaniment of sudden claps of thunder these may be revolved and present a face differently decorated beyond these places are the projecting wings which afford entrances to the stage one from the forum the other from abroad nine there are three kinds of scenes one called the tragic second the comic third the satiric their decorations are different and unlike each other in scheme tragic scenes are delineated with columns pediments statues and other objects suited to kings comic scenes exhibit private dwellings with balconies and views representing rows of windows after the manner of ordinary dwellings satiric scenes are decorated with trees caverns mountains and other rustic objects delineated in landscape style chapter seven greek theatres one in the theatres of the greeks these same rules of construction are not to be followed in all respects first in the circle at the bottom where the roman has four triangles the greek has three squares with their angles touching the line of circumference the square whose side is nearest to the scena and cuts off a segment of the circle determines by this line the limits of the proscenium parallel to this line and tangent to the outer circumference of the segment a line is drawn which fixes the front of the scena through the centre of the orchestra and parallel to the direction of the proscenium a line is laid off and centres are marked where it cuts the circumference to the right and left at the ends of the half circle then with the compasses fixed at the right an arc is described from the horizontal distance at the left to the left-hand side of the proscenium. Again with the centre at the left end, an arc is described from the horizontal distance at the right to the right hand of the proscenium. 2. As a result of this plan, with three centres, the Greeks have a roomier orchestra and a scena set further back, as well as a stage of less depth they call this the logeion for the reason that there the tragic and comic actors perform on the stage while other artists give their performance in the entire orchestra 
Hence, from this fact, they are given in Greek the distinct name Senic and Tumelic. The height of this logium ought not to be less than ten feet nor more than twelve. Let the ascending flights of steps between the wedges of seat, as far up as the first curved cross aisle, be laid out on lines directly opposite to the angles of the squares. Above the cross aisle, let other flights be laid out in the middle between the first and at the top as often there is a new cross aisle, the number of flights of steps is always increased to the same extent. Chapter 8. Acoustics of the Site of a Theatre 1. All this having been settled with greatest pains and skills, we must see to it with still greater care that a site have been selected where the voice has a gentle fall and is not driven back with a recall so as to convey an indistinct meaning to the ear. There are some places which from their very nature interfere with the course of the voice, as for instance the dissonant, which are termed in Greek katechontes, the circumsonant, which with them are named periachontes, again the resonant, which are termed antechontes, and the consonant, which they call synechontes. The dissonant are those places in which the first sound uttered that is carried up high strikes against solid bodies above and being driven back checks as it sinks to the bottom the rise of the succeeding sound. 2. The circumsonant are those in which the voice spreads all round and then is forced into the middle where it dissolves, the case endings are not heard and it dies away there in sounds of indistinct meaning. The resonant are those in which it comes into contact with some solid substance and recoils, thus producing an echo, and making the terminations of cases sound double. The consonant are those in which it is supported from below, increases as it goes up, and reaches the ears in words which are distinct and clear in tone. Hence, if there has been careful attention in the selection of the sight, the effect of the voice will, through this precaution, be perfectly suited to the purposes of a theatre. The drawings of the plans may be distinguished from each other by this difference. The theatres designed by squares are meant to be used for Greeks, while Roman theatres are designed from equilateral triangles. Whoever is willing to follow these directions will be able to construct perfectly correct theatres. Chapter 9. Colonnades and Walks 1. Colonnades must be constructed behind the scena, so that when sudden showers interrupt place, the people may have somewhere to retire from the theatre, and so that there may be room for the preparation of all the outfit of the stage. Such places, for instance, are the colonnades on Pompeii, and also in Athens, the colonnades of Eumenes, and the fane of Father Bacchus, also, as you leave the theatre, the music hall, which Themistocles surrounded with stone columns and roofed with the yards and masts of ships captured from the persians it was burned during the war with mithridates and afterwards restored by king ariobarsenes at smyrna there is the stratonisium at tralls a colonnade on each side of the sena above the race-course and in other cities which have had careful architects there are colonnades and walks about the theatres Two. The approved way of building them requires that they should be double and have Doric columns on the outside, with the architraves and their ornaments finished according to the law of modular proportion. The approved depth of them requires that the depth from the lower part of the outermost columns to the columns in the middle and from the middle columns to the wall, enclosing the walk under the colonnade, should be equal to the height of the outer column. Let the middle columns be one-fifth higher than the outer columns, and designed in the Ionic or Corinthian style. 3. 
the columns will not be subject to the same rules of symmetry and proportion which i prescribed in the case of sanctuaries for the dignity which ought to be their quality in temples of the gods is one thing but their elegance in colonnades and other public works is quite another hence if the columns are to be of the doric order let their height including the capital be measured off in fifteen parts of these parts let one be fixed upon the form the module and in accordance with this module the whole work is to be developed let the thickness of the columns at the bottom be two modules an intercolumniation five and a half modules the height of a column excluding the capital fourteen modules the capital one module in height and two and one-sixth module in breadth let the modular proportions of the rest of the work be carried out as written in the fourth book in the case of temples four but if the columns are to be ionic let the shaft excluding base and capital be divided into eight and a half parts and let one of these be assigned to the thickness of a column let the base including the plinth be fixed at half the thickness and let the proportions of the capital be as shown in the third book if the column is to be corinthian let its shaft and base be proportioned as in the ionic but its capital as has been written in the fourth book in the stylobates let the increase made there by means of the scamilla impares be taken from the description written above in the third book let the architraves coronae and all the rest be developed in proportion to the columns from what has been written in the foregoing books five the space in the middle between the colonnades and open to the sky ought to be embellished with green things for walking in the open air is very healthy particularly for the eyes since the refined and rarefied air that comes from green things finding its way in because of the physical exercise gives a clean-cut image and by clearing away the gross humours from the eyes leaves the sight keen and the image distinct besides as the body gets warm with exercise and walking this air by sucking out the humours from the frame diminishes their superabundance and disperses and thus reduces the superfluity which is more than the body can bear six that this is so may be seen from the fact that misty vapours never arise from springs of water which are under cover nor even from watery marshes which are underground but in uncovered places which are open to the sky when the rising sun begins to act upon the world with its heat it brings out the vapour from damp and watery spots and rolls it in masses upwards therefore if it appears that in places open to the sky the more noxious humours are sucked out of the body by the air as they obviously are from the earth in the form of mists i think there is no doubt that cities should be provided with the roomiest and most ornamented walks laid out under the free and open sky seven that they may be always dry and not muddy the following is to be done let them be dug down and cleared out to the lowest possible depth at the right and left construct covered drains and in their walls which are directed towards the walks lay earthen pipes with their lower ends inclined into the drains having finished these fill up the place with charcoal and then strew sand over the walks and level them off hence on account of the porous nature of the charcoal and the insertion of the pipes into the drains quantities of water will be conducted away and the walks will thus be rendered perfectly dry and without moisture eight furthermore our ancestors in establishing these works provided cities with storehouses for an indispensable material the fact is that in sieges everything else is easier to procure than is wood 
Salt can easily be brought in beforehand, corn can be got together quickly by the state or by individual, and if it gives out, the defense may be maintained on cabbage, meat, or beans. Water can be had by digging wells, and when there are sudden falls of rain, by collecting it from the tiles. For a stock of wood, which is absolutely necessary for cooking food, is a difficult and troublesome thing to provide, for it is slow to gather and a good deal is consumed. 9. On such occasions, therefore, these walks are thrown open, and a definite allowance granted to each inhabitant according to tribes. Thus these uncovered walks ensure two excellent things. First, health in time of peace. Secondly, safety in time of war. Hence, walks that are developed on these principles and built not only behind the scena of theatres but also at the temples of all the gods will be capable of being of great use to cities. As it appears that we have given an adequate account of them, next will follow descriptions of the arrangements of baths. End of Book 5, Chapter 9